So welcome to the Go Within podcast. This is the first episode of 2023. And yeah, I'm super excited. 2022, my New Year's resolution was to podcast more and I podcast less than I ever have. <laughs> I recorded only three episodes the whole of last year. So I'm I'm renewing my resolution. Hopefully second time it would be even more, you know, heartfelt. And beautiful. We just met yesterday uh, for the first time in three years. And... So this is a totally unplanned podcast. Me and Simon, you know, we're super good friends. We've been witnesses along each other's journeys and supporting each other's journeys for over 10 years now. And it's beautiful to just sit down and catch up. But also we wanted to bring you, the audience, into this journey because usually our conversations are always inspiring. And yeah, they're always around the topic of self-development and go within and all of this. So for those of you that don't know Simon, um, I've actually recorded two other podcasts with Simon before this, so you can check out those earlier episodes. Um, how, what, what, what label would you put on yourself? You're, oh. you're, a, you're an inspirational yeah, figure. The, 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 the labels, no? Mm. Re- recently I was like, somebody said, oh, you're kind of like a transformational facilitator. That's, that really suits you. Yeah, and I, <laughs> and, I, and I was like, mm, thank you. It's been 10 years You're also to... an author Yes. Now. Yeah, orthopedic. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so much joy. But just... yeah, I think the, the biggest and most beautiful label I can give you from my side is you've been, you know, uh, a brother along the spiritual path. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we've, we, there was a, we were just discussing yesterday how we met. Yes. And I'll just share this little story that um, Simon and I met when I was working in a cafe, Anka Cafe at the time. And... His girlfriend, who was, he was with at the time, had been coming to the cafe for, for quite some weeks and we just never really sort of introduced ourselves. And then I just was walking into the toilet and Simon was walking out. And for some reason, we just stopped and started talking to each other. It was totally random. It's not really something that I do, just randomly stop yes. strangers as they're going into That's the true. loo and have conversations. Um, but yeah, it was just like... I'm mentioning it because it's like some humans you just have this like connection with, mm-hmm. you know, this like soul connection and you're just destined to meet at some point, even if it's not a formal introduction, it's like the universe just bumped you into each other. Yes. And uh, yeah, the unfolding of our relationship has been very, very beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful that you bring that in, actually, um, because we spoke about this and after meeting you and then looking back now over the 10 years to the influence that you've had in my life and the, you know, the journey that we've been on, you know, alongside and at the same time in different variations has been massively uh, important, I would say. It's been important because even if we haven't spoke, speaking to each other for some time, it's like your, your dedication, your devotion. We were just laughing, actually, that <clears throat> I was at an event in another country and I met a guy. And then, of course, I'm, I'm often uh, promoting just the Yasmin in some way, you know, and, and he was really passionate about tea. And you, you're now very much into the, the wisdom of tea ceremony. And long story short, but I was inspiring him and he was so inspired that he knew somebody who was as passionate about tea as him, because that's how I portrayed it. And then you just told me that you connected online. So, you know, it's like it's like some people are just with you like that. That's what I mean. They're just yeah. with you wherever you are. They're with you. It's, it's we're not on our own. 
Yeah. I have to say, Sai, you have one very beautiful quality which really inspires me, which is you see people. I noticed this even from the times when I used to run Gracia and you'd walk into the cafe and you would be genuinely curious and open to like literally every person that worked there, even clients that would walk in, you just randomly start talking to them. And I love your curiosity for the human. I think it's such a thing that we're lacking nowadays that we don't see each other. And not only do we not see each other as we are, we also don't see each other for what we could be. In fact, you're that kind of person, right? That asks people questions like, what are you doing? What's your vision? What's your plan? And I find that really beautiful. And I think that's something that we've given each other, right? Like you always saw me from, from very, very early on in my entrepreneurial journey. Even just something simple, right? Like you used to call me the pioneer yeah, totally. as a nickname. Yeah. Um, but that was like a form of like, hey, I see you. I see this quality that you have, that you like to do things which are new and you like to take that risk and you have that capability. And I think the same with me to you, right? Like, all, I always saw your beauty and your wisdom and, like, see your real essence, you know, and your heart, your sincerity. Yeah. And I think that that so bonds us as human beings. Like, wow, I actually really see you. And I don't only just see you, but I really see your essence and even the essence that hasn't even unfolded yet. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I've always had that <clears throat> with you, a sense that you see me beyond the physical. That's what I've loved, yeah? That was my yeah, shoe. Yeah, squeaking. <laughs> my shoe just, I think that was confirmation of my shoe squeaking. I've never heard my shoe squeaking that way. It was like, well, we were just talking about how, you know, the best podcasts are the unedited ones, the raw ones with the squeaking shoes and all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but no, no really, I, there's been this sense of just support from the beginning. That's the best way to describe it. And yeah, I want to uh, really maybe step back we were, we were just talking um uh, previously about where we are in the world right now 2023 and there's this like massive influx of technology and artificial intelligence and so on and actually what we came to the uh, conclusion is that as more and more information comes into the world more and more technology comes into the world what does that what does that mean for us how do we really connect in the real time and then with you it's like it's always been that sense of seeing each other supporting each other um, encouraging each other and being when we are with each other there's a sense of you know as you said friendship camaraderie and that's something that we I just wanted to bring that in now because that's something that you just can't get you can't get that virtually you can't get that through any other form of technology you know is that real genuine human connection and that weaves into what you said about me seeing people I'm curious yeah I am curious about everyone has a story and everyone is divine and everyone is <clears throat> I always remember this saying I was about to say everyone's a noble guest and I've, I do my best to see everybody as a noble guest. I, I drop short sometimes, and maybe sometimes I, I don't, I, this doesn't happen, but it was Eckhart Tolle that uh, brought that into my world many moons ago. It's like, you know, when can we see everybody in that way as a noble guest? This is a miracle that's coming into your presence right now. And, you know, the, the, only the judgment of how we box them into oh there's the garbage worker or there's the the homeless person or there's the ceo oh i can't talk you know whatever when we move those labels away actually we're just we're just witnessing a miracle and that's that's always been yeah something that i've been curious about mm. and and that you i just think that's precious you can't take that you can't get that anywhere 
you can only get it right there with the with the being no mm. when you start to inquire and lastly just to say when that guy came to me i remember he it was introduced to me and i i really do my best this might be great for some of you out there listening i do my best not to ask that same old question you know ah oh, nice to meet you what do you do you know i just try not to ask what do you do and of course i'm programmed too it, it it's it doesn't slip out so much anymore because i always say how i always say something along the lines of how is your heart today yeah or what what drives you what motive what's motivating you at the moment or you know how how are you feeling in this instant you know and 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 then all of a sudden just these like little tweaks of questions creates a whole different uh inquiry now and communication so for yeah. sure what was coming up for me as you were sharing was that guess there's this sort of presence right that we give each other which a robot an ai is never going to be able to compete with that human presence right of the moment but at the same time that presence is not something that we just have like it's something that we hone and it's something that we nurture and it's something that we develop right like if you're really in pain and you walk into a place you don't want to connect with other humans you don't want to look people in the eye because you're just in that closure of that pain mm. um and i think obviously that's something that we've shared in the past 10 years since we met was we've both been noticing the value of cultivating a presence that is more open and can actually hold a deeper intensity of the human experience so in a way like some humans are like robots because they can't open their heart and there's just too much pain there and and even i myself have experienced that at times right like even just a few weeks ago i could say oh i had this painful day and honestly i just didn't want to look anyone in the eye because i was just oh of you course. know and i i didn't want them to see me in that moment because yeah. what they would see was blah. <laughs> and so this is i'm not trying to say you know some people are robots and some people are enlightened but this is a scale that we actually all go through but it's really beautiful to not take our presence for granted and just notice that it's something actually that we have to strive as human beings to cultivate yeah yeah to the cliche no that our presence is a present is a gift and uh, but it really is and it requires a, a level of energy to be present yeah not not that kind of a, a moment here like i'm looking you in the eyes right now but you know sometimes people are, are trying to do presence now the spiritual doing presence like I'm looking at you now. I'm going to hug you for 5 minutes. <laughs> I'm, I'm that present. <laughs> I'm I'm holding eye gazing for longer than normal. Do I feel spiritual, you know? But but at the same time, it, just to hold actually sometimes when I'm in a workshop environment with others and we might hold eye eye gazing or presence, let's call it, for 30 seconds and that's a lot. for some beings they can feel really out of their comfort zone at that moment because like you said the eyes are the windows to the soul so we are going hey i'm i'm opening myself to you and if i am in a workshop environment or a space where i don't feel so safe or all of a sudden this being is coming up we have to also honor honor our boundaries honor our consent of that and and then just to know that when we really look at someone look at another we're saying hey even if i tell you something else you're going to see in my eyes whether that's aligned when i when you ask me how I, how are you doing simon and i say yeah i'm i'm great right now you know if you look in my eyes you're going to go uh, are you really <laughs> something else there no yeah. are you sure and that's what the eyes do for us so yeah. Mm. I have to say that I just told you a minute ago that I just started this compassionate inquiry. Yes. Well, actually I'm 6 6 months, 8 months through. Um and it really gave me a newfound appreciation for the protector in us. Mm. You know, because 
I've always strived to open and to um, process and to be able to hold everything. But at the same time, sometimes we just don't have the capacity to hold a certain emotion to the full extent of it, especially when we're just beginning our journey and we don't maybe have the support structure or the tools. And I think it's been really beautiful to me to just go into that thing of like, okay, if we're scared to open to a certain feeling, like that's a protector. Mm. And the reality is like, most of us have been brought up in a world where we haven't really been taught how to feel our emotions. So naturally, the the mind is going to protect you by shutting it down, numbing it off, closing it off, isolating yourself, because that's the only way that it can cope with it, because it hasn't yet expanded its capacity to hold a deeper amount of pain or a deeper amount of grief or a deeper amount of disappointment or whatever, Beautiful. the emotion. So, because, you know, sometimes these things can sound a bit harsh, like, oh, you're closed, and then we start judging ourselves because we're closed. But it's actually just really a, a spectrum, you know, and closure is okay too. But as you said, like when we're conscious of our boundaries, when we're conscious of our capacity and we can even bring that compassion to the self of, you know, like, I don't need to deny that I'm closing and say, no, no, I'm fine. Exactly. But I can also say, like, I'm not quite ready to open up today or right now or in this environment. Perfect. Or, um, and yeah. just bring that real gentleness into the process. Yes. Yeah. And don't judge ourselves for that. That's not, there's no wrong in that. And that's it's interesting, the field that you and I are in, because consent at the moment, trauma, these are very big topics that are sweeping across, uh, let's say, the, the personal development world, the spiritual world. And it's, you know, Gabo Mate, one, I'm so happy. I only found out today that Yasmin's doing this training or this uh, year-long program. Is it a year-long program? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was quite curious because I really love um, Gabo Mate's in the way that he breaks down trauma and... Yeah. And and also how he expresses himself through that, because, you know, he's also been challenged with you yeah. know, uh, going into and and, uh, and communicating, expressing his traumas. But when you say about consent and letting others in, it really brings me to today, actually, just because we're going within. So let's go within ourselves right now is, you know, yesterday I had an experience where in the last two days I was welcoming in grief, like really welcoming in. And not just welcoming grief, I will share a little story that happened, a personal story, but not just welcoming grief like, uh, you know, my friend died or, you know, uh, but actually, or, you know, I lost something, not just that loss, but this idea of grieving impermanence, grieving the transient nature of our reality. Like, I want things sometimes to be different and go the way I want them and whatever, I, I want more time sometimes. Or I wanted to act a different way than I just did based on the wisdom and knowledge that I have. And then I go into like maybe self-critic or judging myself. But actually, I don't, that's not what I need in that moment. I just need to grieve. It's okay. I, you know, I'm okay to grieve right now and welcome that in. And I wrote to somebody today and I, she, she said, how are you feeling? And I said, well, at the moment, I'm, I'm just welcoming a lot of grief in <laughs> and, uh, and welcoming the grief. And she wrote to me instantly and said, are you okay? Is it Okay. Do you need do you need help? And it was inter- it was just interesting to notice the response because I don't need help. It's actually very expansive to work to welcome in the grief because what it does is it 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 detaches me from the self critic and the 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 high expectations of how I should or shouldn't be acting or responding on how I want life to be. And then more importantly, just feel. And when I feel that grief, I can even as I say it now, I notice it. It's very present at the moment. I can feel it in the chest and being here with you now as well. 
I also noticed uh, when you were speaking that we hadn't spoken for three years and I, I sensed the grief in that. There was like a sense of how much I love you and, and how much, you know, three years can fly by and the life we have shared together. And yeah, we tried to connect a few times and it didn't happen. And sometimes I think of the vision that you created and you, you included me in that in the beginning with Sanya and many of the projects. And there were opportunities at the time for me to be involved with you more and to co-create. And sometimes it didn't happen. And there's a grief about that. And at the same time, a joy as I witnessed that, that I'm still with you and your friend and we're still doing stuff and who knows what the, what the world has to offer. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe you can speak to that and then I, I, I share a little personal experience. Um, I literally can't believe that you just shared that because it's like so present to me, like so resonates with what I've been going through. And as I told you before we started this podcast, like the last eight months have been really tough for me. Like I did this course with Gabor, all of my childhood trauma came up and grief, right? Like because behind all trauma is just grief, mm. right? It's, it's at the root of everything Goosebumps. is the grief. Mm. And um, I got so stuck in it, you know, it's like I couldn't get myself out of this grief until I had a session of therapy combined with this book that my therapist recommended, which is called The Psychology of Awakening by a guy called John Melwood. And he writes that there are three qualities to this universe. And the first one is emptiness. The second one is impermanence. Mm. And the third one is the inevitable experience of pain. Mm. And he was saying how sort of these are just qualities of, of the universe, right? So no matter if we had... If we healed all of our trauma today and we had absolutely no issues, we would still have to face the pain of the emptiness, emptiness, the impermanence and the pain. And as soon as I read that, I stopped judging my grief and I realized how much of my personal grief was actually almost the only reason why I was stuck in it was because I couldn't accept the reflection of the world itself being full of pain and full of emptiness. And as soon as I opened to it and I was like, oh, wow, emptiness doesn't need a solution. Mm, You know, like emptiness, it's not like something that you heal in therapy and then one day you'll never feel emptiness again because it's a quality of this universe. Mm, Beautiful. And as soon as I opened to it, like all of that suffering just melted away. Yeah. The situation didn't change. Right. But just like the way that I was interacting with the grief just let it, you know, be there with such a softness that it stopped causing me suffering. Ah, oh, it's so beautiful, so rich, because the resistance dropped. Yeah. Uh, goosebumps. Yeah. And I'm so happy we're talking about this going into the, the 2023, because I, I felt to myself, I'm always talking about, you know, uh, step into our joy, you know, experience ecstasy, the natural high, you know, breathe, move, sound, meditate, you know, you know, feel the... Your high feel, power. <laughs> your, your high power. <laughs> feel, feel the euphoria of life, no? And, and then the last three days I was like, yes, but actually that mind, the, the amount of mind that that can experience, this idea of feeling ecstasy, and I realized that actually the, the deeper, more profound let's say ecstasy, but actually it's beyond what the mind can conceive, is in the grief, is in allowing the grief and feeling that pain. And I, I talk about pain being, uh, you might have heard me say this, but I say it for the, your listeners today, pay attention inside now. That's been always my anchor. Pain comes up, pay attention inside now. Don't just go outside. Don't just start projecting onto other people. It's this, that. Go inside. Feel. What are you feeling right now? What's coming up for you? 
And so then when this grief was dropping in and then I welcomed it, as you just said, I noticed it was it was showing me a deeper insight into what was going on. And maybe I just bring that in now. Should I just with yeah. the little personal story? So I'm coming back to the uh, to the uh, Malta after almost almost two years of being away, and I was reconnecting with my ex partner, who many of you know. She's also been in this podcast, um, Dara, and her daughter, beautiful daughter Maya. And so I haven't seen them for you know nearly uh, two years, but there was this. Um, I was holding on to a certain way that it should have gone, not not just yesterday, but in the last months, of how it should have gone with the way I wanted to communicate to Maya, right? And um, it didn't go that way, but I was holding it. But I was also thinking, no, oh, I've let it go. It's good. It's gone now. And then when I met them, I couldn't open. I didn't know how to open, right? Well, I, I kind of knew, but I didn't know. I'm like, oh, okay. so I, it felt weird, awkward. I'm like, oh, no, just in this awkward, weird feeling. <laughs> and then, And then, of course... Today, when I like embraced that and rather than going, okay, I just embraced it and and I had to feel the grief of actually it goes way deeper than this interaction. It goes to my father leaving me at nine months old, my stepfather leaving me, I believe it was around 10 years old and having the reflection of two friends to just, you know, hold me in my, in my grief and this like, you know, frustration I was feeling. I was unpacking that not only that, it's the, the, the grief you're going to love this. If you if your listeners are going to grab this, this is juicy. The grief that I I often hold myself very high accountable in how I should respond and act because I'm full of all, all about integrity. So if I don't have the solution to deal with the situation, the self-critic comes in and the judge. So anyway, I brought that awareness in. I get goosebumps again. And then I was able to cry yeah. and just feel that grief. And, all, and like you just said, the situation, yeah. it, it dissolved. And that, that is the thing, right? Like, it was the closure to your own grief yes. that stopped you opening to Maya. Yes. Right? And that's it with the grief. Like, as you said, like, there's the high and there's the, the beauty and being happy, which is very stimulating. Yeah. But when we get down to the heart, the thing that's stopping the heart feeling happiness is the protection. Exactly. And we're protecting ourselves mm. from the grief. And as you said, like, it's it's never about this moment only, right? It's about the grief connected to our childhood, connected to the reality of this human experience. And I had this exact same realization of how I use spirituality as the solution Mm. to that pain, right? So it's sort of like, oh, if we're closing, then it must be because of a reason and either spiritually or psychologically, then let's find the solution. Um, and therapy has really just made me see how much I was bypassing. You know, we call it the spiritual bypass, bypassing just the grief of the human experience, which just has such a beautiful place in our lives. Mm. And the more we close to that, then the more we're closing to life in its essence. Exactly. Um, And there's absolutely nothing wrong. It's not a a failure that we're in pain, (laughs) right? It's just, again, like you could be the most enlightened person, but if you're in your heart and you walk past a tree being cut down, if you didn't feel pain, we wouldn't call that enlightenment. We would call that kind of psychopathic, <laughs> yeah, like, let's yeah. be honest. It will disassociated, yeah, yeah totally. Exactly. Yeah, and you know, I'm, 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 I'm bubbling here, don't get me going, but uh, <laughs> um, you know what's so uh, uh, ironic again, because if we play with the whole concept of time, isn't it, isn't it so beautiful that we haven't spoken for some time properly and we're catching up right now live for everybody 
and it's so aligned. It's and, just, and it happens like this every time. It happens like this every time. I'm goosebumping because like, literally, what's, what, you know, can you, can you, for you listening, can you feel this? Like, what I mean is that like, we haven't spoken and then we're both experiencing uh. grief of this level. It's, so it's not just happening for me and Yaz. It's like a collective wave that's going on right now where grief, we, uh, Stephen Jenkinson says it so beautifully. It's like, we are a, a death phobic society. And he says that, you know, if there's, um, um, there's a beautiful saying he says about death. And it's not just death, but you know, often death is associated to grief. Grief isn't just about death, but it's often, again, linked to loss, right? And he says, what has to die, yeah, is our refusal to die, right? And, and I, whenever, when I first heard that many moons ago, and him and um, um, Michael, Michael Pritchard is another, if, if people are interested to dive deep into grief, also says that, you know, really... If we're a death phobic society and we we think that grief is so bad and we can't, then we're missing the uh, potential expansion and and almost well more love actually when we welcome this in. No, so and and when we when somebody dies or we lose something, I'm not saying okay, you just it's just about you know a great step to oh I'm just enjoy. Okay, no, it's it's about feeling it. It really is feeling and welcoming the grief and imagine if we we as a culture really knew how to do that that would be like that would be that's revolutionary change yeah 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 and this this sort of you know resistance to our own pain it's it's totally natural right because again like when you sort of study childhood and trauma like the reality is that when the child first started experiencing pain they didn't know how to deal with it children can't regulate their pain yes so pain is terrifying and helpless, especially if you don't have an adult caregiver to help you hold it, mm. which let's face it, many of us, even if our parents have all the best intentions in the world, most likely they either haven't been taught by their own parents how to regulate and how to hold space, or they're not, they're distracted, they're not in presence, or there's actually, you know, something even more traumatic going on. So, yes. I mean, in, in Gabor's process in Compassionate Inquiry, you know, we, we take the trigger, the pain, and then we take it back to the childhood. And we say, you know, when was the first time you experienced this? And we have an inquiry around that. But at some point, we always ask the child, who did you tell? Yeah. And I can tell you, I've never had a client say, oh, yeah, I felt safe to tell my parents. Right. Right. So, you know, as that child, we're getting conditioned to, I can't open to the pain because it's overwhelming and I don't have the tools to deal with it. But the problem is then we take that into adulthood and we stay with that same program. Whereas in adulthood, we do have the tools to deal with it. And if we don't have them, then we can reach out, whether it's to friends or for therapy or for self-help books. But an adult has the capacity to hold incredible amounts of pain and incredible intensity of emotion. But it's just we're still conditioned as children with this mentality of like, it's too scary, it's too overwhelming and I can't hold it. And even me with all of my years of work on myself and holotropic breathwork and family constellations and all of the millions of things that I've done, when I got faced through the compassionate inquiry with the absolute terror, I can call it, right? And panic of being a baby and crying. And I, I had this um, experience where I was born as a cesarean and then I was put into an incubator. And what I realized through therapy was that that experience of being alone and crying and not getting my needs met was a terror, mm. right? And that baby doesn't have any other way to cope with that. It has two ways, cry and hope someone comes or numb it. 
And that's what I learned how to do my whole life. Um, and it's so interesting because I was actually, my mom was showing me this video of myself as a seven-year-old recently. And I was watching the video and I looked totally normal, right? Like I was playing, I was happy, I was smiling, I was running. But knowing myself, like I looked at that face of that seven-year-old and I just, it just felt so off, you know, like that there was something off. Even though I was happy and I was smiling and I looked totally fine, like I could sense that I was disassociated, that I was numbing, and that I was almost too okay. In fact, my mom always tells me, you were the perfect child, you were so good, you know, if um, if I, if like I would judge the parenting experience just on you, I would think other people don't know how to raise children because you were perfect. But the reality is I shouldn't have been perfect, right? Because children are not perfect, mm. right? So really I was suppressing and numbing those aspects of myself that needed care, that needed attention, that were weak, that were vulnerable and so on. Right. Um, and it shocked me, like through the compassionate inquiry, like really expanding my ability to hold that pain. Because when it first got triggered through the therapy, I couldn't hold it, mm. which again is surprising given sort of my capacity, my experience, my knowledge and so on. Um, but of course I couldn't hold it because I've never tried to hold it before to that extent, right? So and I'm, I'm always going to be sort of widening the extent of that capacity. Um, and it was it was challenging, right? Because I suddenly had to hold all of this grief, mm. right? The, the grief of that child not getting the care that exactly. it needed. Completely separate to the amount of love my parents had for me, like the situation was created like that. But now, you know, having learned how to hold that, I feel so different within myself. Yeah. It was like my relationship with myself has completely transformed. And the final step was that final realization that you shared of like, you know, this is not just a personal thing, but this is an emptiness, an impermanence, a pain that is universal to the human experience. Yeah. So if you open to yourself, you're actually opening to life. Right. Again, like we're so scared of death to the same extent that we're scared of our own pain. Yeah. Because it's that same grief, that same terror, that same helplessness that is a baby being overwhelmed by a feeling is an adult facing we're on a rock floating through an infinite vast ocean and someday we're going to die. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Facing the fragility of that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for uh, expressing that. Um, um, it sounds interesting now that you talk, we can talk more about this, but Compassionate Inquiry is similar to the work that I do uh, individually in group because I always ask them to go back to... Uh, you know, a childhood, but I never asked that question. Who did you tell? It's so beautiful that you bring that up. I really, I really take that away. And I'm, I'm going to talk to you more about what you've been learning because it seems that, yeah, the more that we can go back to these childhood experiences, as you described, because it, as you were speaking, I heard like almost you, you put on a perfection mask, no? It's yeah. like, okay, I, I can put on the perfection mask, no? So I don't have to feel. And because I work so much with what I term the pain body, I want to just say this more for the listeners, but I'd love to hear your perspective on it, of course. Often I'm working with them and I highlight like, okay, you've got this pain body, no? this wounded self that's playing out. And then people are like, well, I want to get rid of it. I want to, I want to, I want to kill it. I want to, you know, I don't want it. I don't like it. I don't, you know, I don't want to feel like this. And, and this just if you're hearing this and you're curious, this is not what your pain wants, yeah? Your pain body actually was helping you, as Yaz just described. It's serving you to the best of its capacity. It was helping you to survive. And so um, my friend recently described it like this, and I want to share it. I, I, it might land for some of you. So imagine you have a, a child, baby, one-year-old, two-year-old, three-year-old, and you just start dragging that child around, right? 
whatever, dragging it to do the next thing or dragging it to learn something or dragging it to walk, 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 and whatever. You know, even the word dragging a child, it doesn't sound so nice, right? So this is how we have to uh, uh, understand when we're working with our inner child, with our inner wound, right? It doesn't want dragging to some great personal growth, quick enlightenment or, you know, quick transformation. It requires patience. It requires compassion, as you said. It requires... Uh, listening and I like the I like the term self-parenting I always have this vision if you were here now you, you see me kind of uh, stroking gently from the clavicle down each arm very softly and slowly you know kind of parenting ourselves we have to parent our ch children and I have to do that and I was doing that just today I'm doing as, as Yasmin said we have all these tools and skills and they are in my opinion vital because we didn't have them growing up. And I hope more and more of our youth today are, are having more access to these tools to be emotional alchemists, etc. cetera. Um, but we didn't have them. And so, you know, different tools work at different times. And today having some tools of NVC and some shaking and some moving and some just, you know, just being with myself enabled me to really uh, feel more. Mm. And, uh, and that's so uh, enriching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's been another kind of revelation, actually, from the compassionate inquiry is just, you know, the importance of the somatic experience of getting into the body. Yes. Because our nervous system remembers all of this. And that's why, you know, when we get triggered, the nervous system takes over, right? Like fight or flight kicks in and you sort of, you don't react as you want to react. Right. As you said, like you saw my, you wanted to react open, you yeah. wanted to react with love, yes. but you couldn't because your nervous system yeah. was primed to react in a different way yeah and uh, yeah that's why i think it's so important to do these exercises now but i just want to also point on one thing that you said you know you said i hope that the youth today will have access to more tools right the truth is as much as you know this might be hard to hear for some parents children don't need tools children mm. can't use tools mm. children are children mm -hmm. children need adults yeah who yeah who, who, are, are, regulated who are regulated themselves yes. and who have a Thank uh, you. they're not perfect but when they make mistakes <clears throat> they apologize and yeah. they take responsibility and they show children how to attune to their own emotional needs mm. you know your seven-year-old can't go to therapy Right. But they can go to play therapy, they can go to art therapy, but they can't go to psychotherapy because they're not at a developmental stage where they can analyze themselves. Right? They're in a narcissistic level of ego development, which is completely normal for children. But that means that whatever the parent does, the kid is going to blame themselves. So if you have a bad day at work and you come home and you shout at your child, the child is not going to say, oh, mom and, or dad had a bad day at work. They're going to say, oh, I'm not good enough or, oh, I did something wrong. So I, I also really just want to say this because we have so many parents who are stressed by the current way we've set up society. Right. Like we're supposed to raise children in a village. Right. You're supposed to have a lot of support and you don't. Right. So like, listen, full compassion to parents yes. nowadays. Like it's, it's really hard. It's difficult. Um, but even though it's hard, I just want to say this because I have so many mothers, especially who really struggle with their own like investing time into their own self-care because they feel like it's selfish or they don't have time or it's at the last of the list. But right. the biggest gift you can give your kids is actually healing yourself Beautiful. and actually showing them that that actually tending to your own needs is important because that's where they're going to learn that their own needs are important exactly. because otherwise they're just going to copy you and they're going to put their own needs aside. Yes. And then you're going to tell them your needs are important, but they would have been seeing something completely different for their entire life. 
oh, this is juicy. We, I mean, we could do a whole podcast just on this now. So first of all, thank you for the distinction because it's very true. And when I said youth, I was kind of thinking more teenager kind of vibe, thinking back when I was 16 and not having a clue how to, you know, even under, understand to put a word to how I, I felt. This, I love this expression. Um, like when you're 18, you should unpack your emotional inheritance. <laughs> yeah, well, beautiful. That's exactly it, right? Because I was just angry, fearful. I didn't even know. I, funny thing, I didn't even really know I was experiencing fear. I couldn't even articulate that until many years later. Like that's like even just to, yeah, to somehow weave that in. And many uh, uh, adults that I work with also still, we're, we're still working with, um, yeah, I'm, I don't, this is another thing. I don't want to say these words anymore, uh, immature or un unhealthy. I just, it's more about we're emotionally uh, unaware, right? That's what it is. It's because sometimes we go, oh, well, you're immature. And that sounds attacking. Now, you, nobody wants to say, yeah, I'm immature. But, oh, we're out of balance. We don't know. We don't even know how to put words to our emotions. So for the youth of, of today... Um, and for us as adults, it's like, how can we do the work? And that is the self-work. When, when we talk about self-love, self-care, that is the, the work is always to go on a journey to unpack the blocks and barriers, you know, all the false beliefs, the stories we've, uh, you know, accumulated that are actually blocking us from having this expanded heart, this openness, this compassion. Because I do feel that joy, love, you know, exuberance, aliveness, compassion, I love this word compassion, is actually there once we get all this other stuff out of the way. And it's not, you know, sometimes people say, oh, I need to learn compassion. No, no, you have to actually learn to not beat yourself up all the time, keep judging yourself harshly, putting yourself down. So that's part of the inner work. And maybe we can weave into this. I know we'll be finishing soon, but like, you've mentioned the word today, therapy, a few times. And I've had much support along the way. A lot of it's been through different, you know, practices, workshops, uh, beings that have supported me sometimes a, a session here and there. But uh, I don't know how long you've been in therapy, but I'm, I'm about to, um, yeah, this year for me, I said I want to uh, um, make 2023 a year of therapy. And I recently connected to a beautiful being uh, uh, we're journeying together at the moment. And she's a psychologist and she she's having her own therapy. And she's just been reminding me like, hey, you know, it might be nice for you to have something for like more consistent and ongoing. And I'm, I'm totally open to that. So I've reached out to a few beings and I'm ho hopefully starting with one soon. I'm just going to have a, another session. But yeah, I just maybe just want you to speak a bit about mm. that because I know you've you've been on that journey and you've mentioned it a few times in this call because... When, especially when we're in this work that we're doing and we're showing up for others, often people think therapy means that I've not succeeded. I'm, a, I, I'm what's the word? Um, I'm weak or I've got a problem. And it's, it's not that. It's actually, isn't it beautiful to have support? Yeah. But also, it's okay to be weak and have problems. Exactly. <laughs> nice. Right, because we're human. Yes. And I'm weak. Yes. And I have problems. Yes. Like, I wouldn't be human if I wasn't, yes. right? So it's also just, not to contradict you, right? But just, we, we, we subconsciously do really take these judgments you know, yeah no the reason why i say it, you're totally right we do are we can put it but normally it's like oh i don't want to admit that yes, so uh, oh i'm not going exactly. to go into therapy no i'm okay yeah it's okay oh, i'm not too bad i just need to go to the gym you know all these avoidance strategies no like you said totally. yeah i i have um stuff that i can't see <laughs> and you need therapist or somebody you know that can mirror that to you and you're like oh my lord thank you so much 
we can't see ourselves. That's just a pure fact, right? Like you put your palm up to your eyes, you're not going to see anything, right. right? Like we need distance sometimes to be able to see. And I think it's really important for everyone to get therapy, but especially people who give others therapy and who, yes. are, who are in a help, carers, social workers, anyone who's holding space for others' emotions, it's it's crucial. Yes. Um, I have a really beautiful story actually with my therapist. Um, I obviously in CI, I've been doing a lot of therapy because it's part of the course. And so I do group therapy once a week with my peers, you know, we practice on each other. But then I have my own separate therapist. And it was really funny because I was in New York a few years back. I think you remember I, I went to New York yes. and I did floating there for the first time. And when I came out of the float tank, it was in this guy's house and he had this massive bookshelf, like absolutely humongous. And from all of the, I was just sitting there, you know, integrating after the float. I had a really sort of far out experience. And I just, this one book on this shelf caught my eye. And it just said guru, you know. And I couldn't even read the rest of the title. I just saw this, you know. And I, I asked him, I said, like, what's that book there? And he said, oh, no, that book, it's, it's, not, it's not very good. But for some reason, it just sparked me, you know. And I came back home and I Googled it and I ordered it. It's called The Guru Question. Uh-huh. Um, and this book is all about... The subtitle is The Perils and Rewards of of Choosing a Spiritual Teacher. Mm. So it goes very into like the risks of it and, you know, the false gurus and all of that. And then it talks about sort of the beauty of it and what that relationship can give you. And I, I resonated so deeply with this book. It just, I've got it all underlined. I'm always recommending it to people. Yes. It's, it's a companion, you know, it like moves between my living room and my my uh, bedroom sometimes I don't even read it but I just keep it with me yeah 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 energetically <laughs> um, it's, it's giving you it's a me- the book yeah. itself is a is yeah. a guide yeah it's yes. been such a guide and so many of my own experiences that I couldn't quite articulate I found articulated in this book and uh, when I started CI I had to get therapy as part of the course um, and I was thinking you know what therapist um, with, with somebody they suggest or just no, you can choose your complete own yeah um, and I googled this woman and she's a psychotherapist and I reached out to her and I said will you give me therapy? And coincidentally, she had gone through a period of sickness. So she had like kind of closed down her practice. So she suddenly had like all of this space. Um, and we started journeying together. And it's just been such a blessing of a relationship, especially since, you know, my own spiritual teacher plays such a huge role in my life. I wanted a therapist that could understand the nuance of that relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been really beautiful. And actually, she just told me this week that she's going to come to Malta from the US to teach a workshop here in July. In Sanya? In Sanya. Oh, yeah. Wow. So it's... Um, so maybe after you need to tell me her, maybe I need her as my therapist. Yeah. Who um, knows? She's you really got, you know, the wisdom of a yeah. lot of years of spiritual practice and in, she wrote a lot of books about spiritual teachers so she interviewed you know hundreds of amazing spiritual teachers and she's the therapist for many spiritual teachers beautiful. um so yeah she's got a very very beautiful um capacity you know the whole space um and i have to say that for me personally it's been absolutely incredible you know, like therapy is one of those things that you really need to find the right person for you. Exactly. Um, but when you do find that right person who really understands you, but who can also push back on you, you know, and not let you just convince them about everything. You know, they can give you the harsh truth, but they can hold you and they can reflect to you things that you can't see yourself. You know, sometimes she says things to me and I'm like, whoa, you know, like that is so true about me. And I never saw it. Yeah. You know. Um, and for me, that's priceless. It's priceless. This is going. This is this is uh, shadow work. 
this is the great this is the work like if we think about civilization yeah and, and we think about where we are in civilization and every you know okay buddha said no pain uh, so, uh, life is suffering no yeah okay life is suffering but you know what about like today's talk is unfolded how do we deal with that suffering uh, and i think today we've given some suggestions that we're all moving through it but um, i always have you know i'm a bit of a raging optimist but i always have this like views of 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 how not how it could be like I'm in resistance to how it is, but like just these podcasts, these conversations, like if anybody gets a spark today of, yeah, like asking for help, taking therapy, being able to, being willing enough to be mirrored, that in itself is courageous. That's brave. Yeah. And I, I say like, can we be brave enough to rewire the blueprints of the past, to rewire, what did you say, that beautiful quote? Emotional inheritance. Yeah, to like let, let's 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 shift that if we if we can if we get a chance let's let's shift that emotional inheritance and and offer something else into the world. This is this is for me, it it, it motivates me. No, these these conversations motivated me. Uh, supporting others motivates me, and and being supported is is um, yeah, it's just value. It's needed, and and I think that weaves in sometimes. Uh, you might have heard us talk about this before, but. I know you had Pepe Gauchi on your uh, um, podcast, but permaculture, no? If we're all interconnected beings, there's this thread weaving us all together. Then literally when we take responsibility for ourselves and we do this in a work, and this podcast is about going within, but we, we don't say go within. It's like when we go within and do that work, as within, so without, micro, macro, if you want to make any real change in the world, then you, it really has to start within. And I get goosebumps there, so that must be a good place to uh, to almost wrap it up. But yeah. Uh, yeah, as you were speaking, it was just like that is the meaning of our life, right? Like that's what we're here to do. Uh, and I have to say, like through my process of CI and my grief, and I really sort of lost balance. You know, it's like all of the things that gave me stability before kind of slipped from my grasp, and I had to just sort of accept being, you know, thrown around. And one of the things um, that really sort of hit me was. I had this sense of like, okay, life is meaningful because of X, Y, Z. And the grief sort of made me really question all of that. Um, and what I came down to, I mean, it sounds like a cliche, but when you sort of experience these from the inside, they just get more and more profound, even though it's the same lesson you've learned many times. But this is the meaning of our life, actually, to realize our own spiritual nature. Mm. And we can only do that through the human experience not true pretending that we don't have pain or ignoring the pain. And I totally echo your sentiment, you know, that like allowing us to be mirrored, allowing ourselves to be seen and actually not shying away from the weakness, not shining away from the darkness, not shining away from the grief, the mistakes, the things that we're ashamed of. These are all part of being human. And no, no human gets out of this without crying, without having something that they're ashamed of, without having some kind of regret. So... Yeah, like let's be courageous and let's unpack this stuff because when we do and when we see it, it's so much less scary than we think. Mm -hmm. And it's, it really unveils this deep relationship of peace within. And that is the only foundation that we are going to be able to interact with each other in a healthy way on totally. this planet. <sighs> we could talk for another three hours. We could. I, that, that I, really I, flew I, by. I'm getting warmed. I'm just getting warmed up. It's so, it's so rich and there's so much here. Uh, so what, you have a lot to ponder on in the flow. You're about to go into the float I'm tank. I'm going to go in the float <laughs> tank now. Yeah, I'm, I'm at Sanya. And 
And if you if you've listened this far, maybe we can we can really really love to like which part of today really landed for you. Yeah, it's like, and if this has inspired you, this uh, podcast. Um, really, you know, inv- invite somebody to listen to it because sometimes we listen to a podcast and it's like, oh yeah, there's some great wisdom there or, you know, there's something there, oh, it's lovely. But like really take a moment at the end of this podcast if you've come this far and maybe get the journal out or, you know, take a bit of reflection time and some of the things Yasmin said today and, and myself, just see like, oh yeah, where am I at? How is this landing? What, 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 can, what could be the next step on from this for me? And maybe it's therapy, maybe it's not, maybe it's just inquiry, you know, um, writing is a great way to do that, just journaling and, and seeing what your own inner therapist, your own inner therapist wants to say, and, and just go on that journey within, because I think that's one of the things that uh, Yasmin and I have totally, and will continue to be connected through is this journey within. And, and the journey within for me, when we feel what, everything we're talking about today, we really do open into something far, far greater and, and beyond words. And I don't want that as a kind of carrot on the stick, like, you know, do it because then it's this. Because that's that's also not going to help yeah. us. No, that's going to be, oh, I'm trying to get somewhere. No, that's also the opposite of what we're talking about. It's it's be here now, no? It's feel here now. That's nice. I haven't said that before. I like that. Maybe I'll write a new book, feel here now. <laughs> yeah, and, and listen, like there's just nothing quite like the authentic connections that come from sharing the inner journey, right? Like mm. if we hadn't shared our pains, our struggles, our happiness, our joy, our shame, our regrets and all of that, would we have the bond that we do? Mm. Like, exactly. No, we wouldn't. No way. You know, so. No way. Because that's what's actually, that's gelled. Yeah. That's the ceiling. Yeah. 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 In fact, I'm going to do some shameless self-promotion here because... Yeah, do it. I, <laughs> I'm with you. I know you love it. Yeah, You're all for the I'm all for, no, yeah, yeah, self-promotion, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, just like to tell the listeners, like actually my sort of intention for 2023 yes. is to create a Sangha at Sanya. And Sangha is a spiritual community. So we've actually already started a few months ago, but I didn't really promote it too much. But we have a small group of people that meet once a month for weekly events and once a month online. And we're creating this community. We have this online platform and we also have a chat um, to just show up and witness each other. So, you know, for the 12 months of this year, we're going to be in space together. And, you know, we had one tea on the beach with a cold swim. We had another breath work. You know, every month it's something different with the theme of coming together. Because I have a lot of very deep and meaningful relationships with clients who come here. But they don't necessarily see each other as much as they see me. So I want to sort of broaden the web yeah. Of these delicious of the connections. Yes. Yeah, because I feel like it's it's integral. Like it's it's so crucial. Community is the new money. Yes. <laughs> like this is what we need to really have resilience along the spiritual journey because every person's presence gives us something new and we will need, you know, that little bit of a mirror or an encouragement or a you know realization that often comes through the human interaction yeah and and they said uh, the community is the next buddha yeah yeah because that's that's really where we get to see everything we've been talking about today we get to see each other more clearly and we realize we're all the same so how do how does somebody connect to that while we're doing some self-promotion how do they get involved in your monthly sangha and one question i have for you can you just be part of the online and not the in-person or does it require you to be both? Yeah, so we're doing the online only as well. So there's the two options, there's the online. Um, and the online, I'm also introducing other stuff like practice guides and you know meditations that people can follow. And we have a inspiration library with you know some book reviews and all of that kind of stuff. So yeah, for those who are not based in Malta, you can join us online. And 
local people. Um, there is a link to this on my Instagram and Super. also on our Sanya website. And hopefully I will be sharing. We've, you know, we've planted the seeds. We have the first few members of the Sangha that have already been yes. connecting and getting to know each other. We um, have a breathwork coming up in February where we're going to be breathing together. Mm. Um, so, yeah. yeah. You've been doing a lot more breathwork. Go on. You're going to say, yeah. No, that's it. Um, just yeah, that's, just yeah. That's yet. the sangha, <laughs> and like, come and join us because it's beautiful. Yes, and can can you just say for maybe some listening that have never heard of the word sangha, mm-hmm. like sangha, what does that represent? Sangha um, is a Sanskrit word which basically means a community around truth. Mm, right, so it's like the search for truth. Satsang is the speaking the truth, and sangha is, you know, the community that supports each other on its way to the truth. Wow, wonderful. So, yeah. Yes, and you know where the truth is, don't you? <laughs> it's within. You will find the truth in the float tank. <laughs> You're about to lock yourself in. <laughs> I may never come back. I'm going to float off into the truth. Ah, thank you if you've listened this far. Yes, this was... A good choice. It was a good catch up. Huh? It was it a was good nice catch up. To catch up life. Y- yeah, you said to, you said yes because like, we we arrived and was like, shall we do it? Shall we not? So I'm I feel very um, yeah soft and and grateful and this f- felt like a, a beautiful way to catch up because now I have lots of questions to ask you as based yeah. on what she's told me. We're gonna go <laughs> catch up in the sauna after your float to make sure you're like as soft as possible leaving Sanya. <laughs> I just walk out of here with rubber legs. Uh, yeah. uh, thank and you. also thank you for asking listeners to share this and also to give feedback because it's it's lovely to hear that you know you're listening and that you know which pieces are most inspirational or which touched you which you didn't like which you didn't agree with um, it's just nice to have that interaction so yeah please let me know and uh, next episode is actually going to be coming quite soon with our beautiful Alex as well so oh that'll be the next one we're kicking off 2023 yes full power with some of my most loved mm. um, companions on the spiritual journey Let's thank you so Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> mm.